Faith and hope is the light that leads us from the impossible to the possible. Welcome to the I'm Possible Radio Show. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the I'm Possible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. I'm so happy that you all are back here with me again for National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and this will be our last show uh, honoring this particular national holiday because it is very important. So I'm going to share another part of my story with you all. There's so much to my story, but of course we only have a few minutes. So I'm going to be sharing a little bit again with you. But before we get into that, if this is your first time tuning into the show or to JQLM radio, and you would like to share with all of your family, friends, and followers on all of the different ways that they can tune into the show, be sure to tell them to download the JQLM radio app on their Android or Apple devices. You can also tune in live to JQLM radio via Amazon Alexa, tune in app, stream a simple radio app, and a host of other platforms as well. If you go to our website where you can also listen live at www.egoentertainmentnet.com, You can also find all of the other platforms that you can tune in to JQLM Radio Live there. Also, if you would like to follow me, Lady J, you can follow me on social media on Facebook at Lady J Brand. You can follow me on Instagram at LadyJ.co. You can also follow me on Twitter at JQ underscore one. That's J-A-Q-U underscore one. I'm rarely on Twitter, just so you all know. (laughs) But you can still follow me there. I'll follow you back and on LinkedIn at Lady J. Also, you can follow the Impossible Radio Show at Impossible Radio Show on Facebook and Impossible Radio on Instagram. And if you want to connect with me in other ways or you want to be interviewed on any of my shows or find out more about myself and all of the different brands and companies, you can go to www.ladyj.co. That's L-A-D-Y-J dot C-O. Now, let's get into this. I will tell you today's show is going to be a little heavy, all right? But that's all right, because even though this is a topic that a lot of people don't like to talk about, it is definitely something that is very important. So I am going to share some of my story uh, with you all, and I'm going to read a little bit from my book, my third book, uh, Sexual Healing which is all about the, I'll say, the challenges of equating sex with love and trying to use that to overcome obstacles and trauma and things of that sort and how detrimental it can be and continue to uh, allow you to spiral down into a deep, dark hole that could lead to suicide, depression, and everything else. So 
In the last episode, I shared with you all about my last or my third suicide attempt, I should say, at the age of 15, where I tried to drink some cleaning fluid. And um, I ended up having a severe case of endometriosis to where uh, they wanted to give me hysterectomy. So let's just get into it. I remember thinking to myself that the last suicide attempt was the reason I was diagnosed with a severe case of endometriosis. The doctors wanted to give me a hysterectomy at 15 years old. The doctors told me that there was a 75% chance that I would not be able to have children. And that added to my anger and frustration that I already had as a teenager after enduring so much trauma, abandonment, sexual abuse, uh, on and on and on. I spent the rest of my teenage years and young adult life in pain because of this condition. Shortly after the last suicide attempt, my mother uh, put me out of the house after dropping me off at a child government facility um, because I would not conform to the chaotic and abusive atmosphere at home. I pretended to be all right in front of people, but internally, and mentally and emotionally, I was dying and I was dying fast. The little girl inside of me was suffering. I quit singing at school. I stopped playing sports. I did not participate in any more after school activities or clubs. I was fading fast and yet nobody noticed. I didn't enter into any more talent shows either. I lost my courage, my voice, my mind and my desire to live. By now, I was just existing. The sexual uncontrollable urges had set in and I began to accept that I was not good enough to love, to be cared for or to be paid attention to. So I began doing what I felt would simulate the feeling of love and gave into the uncontrollable thirst of needing to be wanted and touched. I went from being extremely isolated to now being addicted to sex and prescription drugs. I use my prescription as a way to escape emotional and physical pain since, you know, it was a narcotic. It was a very strong, strong drug. So uh, that was I was battling two addictions at the same time. So here I am thinking I have gotten a grip on my ability to find a way to cope with everything by accepting this as all I deserve and all I'm worth. And then. When it couldn't get, when I thought it couldn't get any worse, the worst happens. I was wearing a black skirt with knee high slits up the sides, a gray and black casual button up shirt with my work shirt thrown over my shoulder and black casual rubber sole shoes. My hair was freshly styled and it was warm outside. My shift ended at 10 o'clock PM and about 10 minutes had passed. The sky in the streets grew darker and the air began to feel muggy. I went back inside to call my cousin to see if she had forgotten to pick me up. No one answered. I got the feeling that she forgot about me. I was 16 years old. And though a teenager, I was scared to walk home in the dark when the walk would last an hour at minimum. I thought to myself, I didn't have a choice. I needed to get home. So I began to walk at a quick pace. And at this time, being homeless, my cousin had found me and she took me in. So I was living with her. And I had to get a job because I had to take care of myself. So uh, the streets were dark and I had a long journey ahead of me. After walking about 25 to 30 minutes, rain began to drizzle 
and I did not have an umbrella or jacket. I used my work shirt to cover my head. A few minutes later, as I was approaching the entrance of an apartment complex, getting ready to pass it, a stranger in a green Ford four-door SUV approached. Disclaimer, the rest of this story is going to be very explicit in detail. So parents, if you have children, I would highly advise you not let them hear this. If they are below the age of 13, if they are, make sure that you are sitting with them. It was a man with three young female passengers. He asked if I needed a ride home. I remember being taught to never talk to strangers or ride with strangers. I declined and tried to keep walking. He pulled up beside me and told me it was too late for me to be walking by myself and asked how old I was. I responded. He began telling me that the passengers were his daughters and they were on their way home as he needed to get them in the bed, but would not mind giving me a ride home. One of the passengers looked to be about my age and the others were a few years younger. Only two of the girls were awake, though. I felt a little scared, but it was very dark, raining, and it would take me forever to get home. So I ended up accepting and I got into the truck. He began introducing me to the girls and asked and asked me my name and then told me I was a pretty young lady. I said, thank you. And he asked me where I lived. I told him where I lived and he said he knew exactly where it was and would get me home after he dropped his girls off at the apartment to get them in bed. They lived in the apartments that I had just been passing. And so I said, "Okay." he parked and they began to get out of the truck. I told him that I would wait outside in the truck, but he said he would be a few minutes because he had to get his girls situated and asked me to come in. I was hesitant, but I went in anyway. Now, I don't know what was going through my head. I guess the fact he had daughters made me believe he wasn't going to try anything with me. As we walked in, he locked the door behind us, and then that frightened me. Why would he be locking the door if we are going to head back out in a couple of minutes? That's what I was thinking to myself. I sat down on the couch, and as he walked the girls to their rooms, for the bed, I kept looking at the door. The apartment was very quiet and dark. He walked back into the living room and stood in front of me. I stood up and asked if we could leave. I told him my aunt would be very worried if I didn't show up soon. It was about 11 p.m. by then. He said before we left, he wanted to show me something. I became afraid. I knew something wasn't right, and I thought to myself it was going to happen to me again. Only this time, I was going to die afterwards. I contemplated dashing around him to the door, but I was scared he would catch me. I didn't know what would happen if I screamed. So I just begged him to please let me go home. He told me to calm down and grab my hand and started towards the back of the apartment. I began praying, asking God, don't let me die. I was being held against my will and tried to show no fear, but I was losing that battle very quickly. He was a slim man. Average height, low fade, goatee, and chocolate brown skin tone. I'll never forget the the way this man looked. I'll never forget what he had on, his smell. It is seared into my memory. He smelled of a light must and was trying to come across as a nice guy. But what he planned on doing to me was going to be anything but nice. He took me into a room where there was a black canopy bed. 
He closed the door and locked it behind us. I began to cry and told him I really needed to get home. He told me to relax and that I would be able to leave in a few minutes. He told me to lie down on the bed. I couldn't stop crying. I thought that if I just hurried up and did what he said, I would live and still be able to go home. I knew it was getting ready to happen to me again, and I couldn't understand why me. He began to undress, and I just lay there fully fully dressed with my eyes closed as tears ran down my face. He lay down next to me and began asking me questions about myself and where I was from while using his hands to unbutton my shirt and fondle me. I asked him to stop and please let me go. He got on top of me and began undressing me and I cried and pleaded again with him to stop. I was shaking uncontrollably and he told me to relax. He whispered, I'm not going to hurt you. I heard that a lot as a child, but I always ended up hurt anyway. It seemed to be a universal term. I felt so low, dirty and violated again on top of the other two, two times previous to this that I had been violated. I felt like I was nothing and a coward for not having the courage to fight back because my fear of dying overpowered my fear of being raped. As he threw my clothes on the floor, still straddling me, he put his penis in my face and made me perform oral sex. I had no idea what I was doing and began to gag while crying and begging him to stop. He stopped and inserted his penis and began to rape me while he had one of his hands around my neck and telling me how beautiful I was. I laid there with a face full of tears, blaming myself. It was my fault. Had I not gotten in the truck with a stranger, none of this would be happening to me. When he was done with me, I remembered him telling me to get dressed. I don't remember much after that, though. I have no idea how I made it home. I don't remember saying anything to anyone for years until a couple of years ago because I just knew I would be blamed for what he did to me. Yes, you heard me right. I was kidnapped, held against my will, and raped. I should have died that night. By now, at this point, like I was completely removed from reality. I did find a cover up to hide the prescription drug addiction, anger, depression, fear, and everything else that I was battling. I began doing hair and nails to keep myself occupied and my grades dropped slightly. I went from being a straight A student to an A and B student. The more I hurt, the more I used the pills to try to get the attention of my mother and anyone who would act like they cared about what was going on with me. I began taking them more and more, even when I wasn't in pain. I also began having more sex, trying to fill a void that seemed like a bottomless pit. No matter how much I gave of myself physically, emotionally, and financially to young men, I could not find what I needed, whether they were a boyfriend or just a sex partner. So we're going to take a quick break right here. And when we come back, I am going to share a little bit of the lessons that I learned in this and tips. It, it was quite some time after that before I tried to attempt suicide again. And this particular incident, it just literally killed the little girl in me. 
she was now completely dead. So stick and stay and we'll be right back. You are tuned in to the Impossible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. KA Connection presents First Sunday Funday Different Shades of Pink Soul Review. This event is going down Sunday, October 3rd, 2021 at Eddie's at the Fort, located at 9105 East 56th Street in Indianapolis, Indiana at 4 o'clock p.m. Featuring Marcus Canty, The Girl Called Books, and Salmoetry. Purchase tickets now at eventbrite.com or call 463-701-5772. A portion of the proceeds will go to Cancer Research. For more information, visit kaconnections.net. Don't miss it. Eagle TV Network is the new digital, full-scale television network you didn't know you needed. A network for the people, by the people. Movies, series, music, and live television. From action, to drama, to sports, to thrillers, to horrors, to comedy, and more. Eagle TV has the best variety of new school and old school movies and shows. But most of all, independent content. Whether you want to watch TV live or on demand, advertise, buy TV spots, submit content for airing, or add your channels to the network, Ego TV is the platform to start with and grow with. We support you as you grow with us. Available via web, mobile apps, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, and Android TV. Ego TV Network, electrifying entertainment. If you're tired of hearing the same music and content every 5, 10, or 15 minutes on air, then check out JQLM Radio for the realest, rawest, and most relevant variety of music, talk shows, and more. Start your days with a little bit of gospel and gospel rap from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All of my life, I never know you to fail. You deliver me. Then get into some hot R&B. Some hip hop. A little bit of pop. And some Neo Soul for the rest of the day. JQLM Radio, real, raw, and relevant. All right, and we are back. You are tuned in to the I'm Possible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. And so before the break, I shared with you all a little bit more about my story. And the third time that I was sexually assaulted, kidnapped and raped and held, you know, held against my will for quite some time for a few hours at the age of 16. 
And I shared with you all how that incident pretty much it, it killed the little girl in me. And so I was completely removed, uh, like emotionally just dead inside and felt completely worthless. And I shared with you all on the last show, like I was not able to talk about this and any of the things that I was going through uh, as a child, the things that happened to me, the environment that I grew up in, everything you know, was what goes on in this house stays in this house, sweep things under the rug, pretend that like it didn't happen. You were not allowed to to talk about these things. And if you did, you were made out to be a liar or delusional, you know, and things of that sort. So that is crushing, crushing for a child to go through. And so I want to talk real quick to adults, you know, parents, because if you don't take the time to address your own demons, your own trauma, it will affect your ability to be a good and effective parent. I know it's difficult because you have these kids and now, you know, they come first, but you have to address those things that make you emotionally and mentally unstable for those of you who believe in a higher power spiritually as well, because when you don't, it affects all areas of your life. It affects your ability to, you know, uh, have stable income, you know, have stable housing, the decisions that you make, the, the different types of relationships that you get into the type of, you know, interaction you have with people. It affects every area of your life. Trust and believe you me, I have lived it you know, and still things are diff. Some things are difficult for me. It is definitely a process. Healing is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And you're, you always, we, everybody always has at least one thing that we struggle with and that we have to constantly work at. But adults don't realize how much damage they cause when they silence children and teach them to hide what is or has happened behind closed doors. As a child, I felt so helpless and hopeless and completely alone. I felt like molestation and rape were normal after a while. I just figured it was something that happened to some people and you were just supposed to keep quiet, suck it up and deal with it the best way you know how. I also began to associate sex with being wanted and loved. I thought the more I gave of myself, the more they would be open to caring about me, wanting me and loving me. I wanted so desperately to have the type of relationship with my mother that my cousin had with my aunt and to have the type of relationship with my father that my other cousin had with his dad. Because I could not obtain either one of these, I tried so hard to obtain the equivalent of or a higher level of love by trying to develop the type of connection or relationship with a man that my grandmother had with my grandfather. The only problem was I didn't know how to obtain it. I didn't know how to and still don't know how to have someone recognize the hard work that you are constantly putting into yourself, trying to address certain issues that you had due to trauma on top of trauma, how to, how to have somebody recognize the progress that you've made. Um, 
somebody that can see your heart, somebody that can see your spirit and not be so focused on where you are, but they can see the potential of what you have to become and can actually see you actively working towards that. I don't know what that's like. Um, you know, I didn't know how to obtain that. And, and I still don't. I, I also didn't realize that I was looking for my father through sex as well. I wasn't aware that sexual deviancy had fully set in until I began having sex with one young man one day and another young man the next day. I didn't realize how much I was starving for attention until I had I was leaving. I was leaving from one young man taking me out. And as he was leaving, another one was coming to pick me up to take me out, too. Like they were barely missing each other. I cared nothing about whether or not a fight would break out or feelings would be hurt or any of that. I only cared about fixing me. It it hadn't clicked completely that my sexual urges and addiction were not fixing the issue and was barely pacifying my desperate need. And it took me a while to get to the point of truly understanding what, how to self-reflect and where to even begin to start to get help. I had nobody to show me. I had nobody to teach me. All I knew was trauma, pretending, abuse, abandonment. Um, and, and when I say abuse, I'm not just talking about sexually. I'm talking about verbally, verbally abuse, everything. I mean, I didn't know what that was like, you know, being told that by your own parent and, and their significant other, like you're never going to be good for nothing but to lay on your back. Nobody's ever going to love you. No man is ever going to love you. No man is ever going to want to keep you. Um, you're too, you're too damaged. Nobody's ever going to, you know, uh, um, value you. And you believe that you believe that. And so you, you step out there and you try while you're constantly going through the healing process, while you're constantly working on you. But then you have other things in life that happens of hardships and stuff, and, you know, medical issues and stuff that comes that makes things even more difficult. But you don't give up. But the problem is finding somebody who won't give up on you. So um, I want to talk about the most important thing that is needed for anybody to truly address trauma and let and and have the ability to let it go because if you don't let it go you will not win the battle of falling into the dark hole of depression so deep where you feel like the only way out is suicide and this is a step that everybody has to do and you have to do it continuously it's not easy, but it is definitely necessary and it's worth it. Forgiveness and letting go. Even if the person that you have to forgive is yourself, your story may not be my story. Your story might not be as traumatic. And like I said, you've all only heard a fraction. And I mean, a very small fraction of my story and the things that I have endured, some of the traumas that I have had to uh, endure in, in some of the hardships that I've gone through. Like you've only heard a small fraction, but no matter what your story is, everybody will come to a point in life where you have to forgive and let go if you want to 
be able to move on. It's not easy. And trust me, you're still going to be far from perfect, but it's definitely going to be worth it. You, you gain some things, you learn some things that you can use to help somebody else that you will definitely come in contact with because everything that you go through is not for you, not just for you. It's to help somebody else. And the only way that you can help somebody else is if you have experienced it yourself. You can't relate to other people if you have no clue on what it is that they are going through. So forgiveness seems to be the hardest thing for most to do. We feel that those who have wronged us don't deserve to be forgiven because it causes us to feel pain that seems unbearable. We think that the longer we withhold forgiveness from the other person, the more they will suffer for what they have done. We think forgiveness is a pass to uh, easy escape of admittance and responsibility on their part because we are consumed by hurt, pain, anger, frustration, disappointment, depression, and everything else like that. We completely miss the fact that some are not even looking to be forgiven. We also fail to realize that we may never get the apology we are looking for and that we are the ones suffering by holding on. They have power over our lives because we allow their actions or words to dictate our mood and progress or lack thereof. And if it's you that you need to forgive because you have subjected yourself to something or made the wrong decision, holding on to the mindset that you have and not remaining teachable and coachable is keeping you there as well. By holding on, we cause ourselves to be carrying weight that becomes so heavy in addition to other weight that we become so stagnant and unproductive. We go from running to walking to crawling in life until we find ourselves lying prostrate and paralyzed because we refuse to let go of that which is killing us. Oftentimes, we become paralyzed so much so to the point we enter into this state of severe depression and begin to have suicidal or homicidal thoughts. This is a very dark place to be. You must remember that suicide is a permanent decision for a temporary situation. You are not alone in what you are going through. There are others who are experiencing what you are and help is just a phone call away, but you have to make up in your mind that you're going to do whatever it takes to bring yourself out of it. Healing doesn't happen unless you participate. Do your work and be consistent. Your deliverance, your overcoming, your healing requires your participation. Life is never going to be easy. If you want to learn, grow, and obtain tools to help you the next time you face something similar, then you have to be open to going through the pains of life. And you're going to need those to help somebody else. Think of them as growing pains and not just for you, but to be able to share with others to give them hope as well. Remember that in this life, pain is inevitable. Suicide is 100% preventable. Situations are changeable, but death is eternal. And that is a part of that statement um, is credited to my good friend, Jashina Shelton. Like we may have even found ourselves taking our frustration, anger, resentment, and like emotions out on those who have nothing to do with what we have experienced. So how do you let go? Letting go is a choice and you must be willing to decide how much you love you or how much you want to love you. 
Do you like you enough or love you enough to not subject yourself to such treatment from self? Do you want to take back power over your life, your emotions, your thoughts, your destiny, your dreams, your happiness? Once you make that choice, you must be willing to face that which you have encountered. Look at the why behind it, accept it as a preparation tool for what your purpose is, and then begin to use the negativity, pain, and ugliness as fuel for fire to mold you into everything your circumstances and the naysayers say you will never be. And the old you that's telling you that you won't be that. It's time to learn how to let go and love from a distance if need be and be free. So, you know, suicide is, and suicidal ideation is very real. And not everybody gets to survive a suicide attempt. So before I close the show out today, I want to share a message with you all and a few statistics. Um, You know, the latest statistics that are out are from 2018. I think they happen every three years. So the ones, the new ones should be coming out uh, this year, I think towards the end of this year. So I want to share some statistics with you all about suicide and, um, in hopes that this will help somebody as well as some contact information too, so that you can reach out for help if you or someone you know may need help. Please, please, please reach out um, if you need it. I'm, I'm telling you right now that your life is worth living. Nothing is worth taking your life over. So, I'm going to share something with you all um, real quick about suicide and I will be back to wrap up the show. In loving memory of Melanie Franklin Johnson, 800,000 people die annually worldwide. One person dies every 40 seconds. 20 people attempt suicide for every one adult that dies. In 2018, there were 1.4 million suicide attempts in the United States. In 2018, 48,344 Americans died by suicide. On average, there are 132 suicides per day. Danielle Norris, Chantel Austin, Jashina Shelton, and myself, Lady J, have all survived suicide attempts. Join the I Survived Suicide Movement at isurvivesuicidemovement.com to share your story, advocate, or reach out for help. And remember, pain is inevitable. Suicide is 100% preventable. Situations are changeable, but death is eternal. If you or someone you know needs help, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. You can purchase the I Survived Suicide book, Volume 1, now at isurvivesuicidemovement.com or on amazon.com. All right. So I hope that you all um, got something out of today's show. 
I know that today's show was a little heavy, but it is definitely a conversation that is important to have, that we need to have, that we need to keep having so that we can shed a little bit of light and love on those who feel that there is no hope, that feel helpless, and for those who are also helping to minimize the impact and the numbers of suicidal ideation. So please remember that if you need help and or or you know someone who needs help to please that needs help to please reach out. Um, please do not make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. The suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. So if you have any questions, you know, you can reach out to me as well. Lady J, um, we have, I have a program called the Bounce Back Program. And if you want to know more, you can visit my website at ladyj.co. You can also go to isurvivedsuicidemovement.com. So if you would like to follow JQLM Radio or Ego Entertainment Network, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at JQLM Radio. You can follow Ego Entertainment Network at egoentnet. That's E-G-O-E-N-T. N-E-T. And you can also follow Ego Entertainment Network on, so on. I'm sorry, on LinkedIn <laughs> at Ego Entertainment Network. Also, don't forget to follow me, Lady J. We do follow back. Um, follow me, Lady J, on social media as well at Lady J Brand on Facebook at LadyJ.co on Instagram. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Lady J. Also, you can follow the Impossible Radio Show on Facebook at Impossible Radio Show. You can follow Impossible Radio Show on Instagram at Impossible Radio. And again, my website is www.ladyj.co. Thank you so much for being here with me today once again. And as I always say before I end every show, after all of the hell you went through, the word through is an indication that you defeated the impossible too. New adversities will come, but overcoming them has already made you unstoppable. The favor over your life incomparable, which gives you the right to think and believe I'm possible. Until next time, this is your girl, Lady J. And I love y'all. Deuces.